Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today uh, my guest is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher and website designer in Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, for this interview, um, Imogen is actually going to interview me, and the general topic is going to be a gravity support and freedom and the Alexander technique and it will be part five of a of a four-part series we've already recorded. Imogen, welcome and take it away. Thank you Robert, good to be here. So um, I guess our theme today as we kind of continue with this series is how um, we can apply some of these ideas to specific parts of the body. Um, before we get into that, I think we need to have some context. And mm -hmm. so first, could you define the Alexander Technique briefly for us? Okay, well, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to describe or define the Alexander Technique, but I think for the purpose of these interviews, a good a good description is it's a way of learning how to use your body as efficiently and effectively as possible and in particular in accordance with our inherent design and with and uh, in accordance with the actual forces of nature that we inhabit on the surface of the earth. Right and as you say that maybe um you can give us a little bit of a brief recap or a bit of context from the past interviews sure. so that we kind of know that for going forward with what we're going to talk about. Right. And I do suggest to anyone listening to this that they listen to the earlier interviews uh, because it, they really set the stage for the kind of things we're going to be talking about. But a very brief recap is that uh, there are in the world we inhabit four fundamental forces. This is from from physics, basically. Uh, one of which is totally irrelevant. We can we can dismiss it. But there are three uh, that are actually um, significant for us. And of those three, there are two that are very obviously significant. And those are the ones that we've mostly been talking about. One of them is gravity, and the other one is what in physics is called the strong force. That's its actual name. And it's what binds material together and keeps it from flying out uh, away from itself. And it is uh, what in, in, in fact is what provides the counter force to gravity. Gravity is a product of the entire uh, planet operating on us and on all of us. The strong force is a property of the immediate area that we're supported by. And it's applied to either the soles of our feet if we're standing or our sits bones, hopefully if we're sitting well, or some combination or our whole backside if we're lying on our back in on a mattress or in constructive rest that sort of thing 
Right. So the strong force relates to the support in our gravity support. The the, the force that actually directly opposes gravity. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's a force that relates to the fact that m- matter doesn't want to get deformed. And when we're standing, say, on a floor, we are deforming it. And the floor tries to correct that. And, and in effect, that's an upward push. Right. And it's, a, it's, it's, its origins are completely different from gravity. But it, has, um, it just happens through this amazing system in which we inhabit to provide the necessary counter, counter force to gravity that keeps us from being drawn all the way to the center of the Earth, which would be right. would be awkward. Really, it, a, yeah, it wouldn't a, work out too well. Wouldn't really. work out at all. Um, so the, those are the two main forces that we are um, subject to, no matter what we do. And I think our big challenge is to learn how to use those forces effectively. They are actually very very useful. Forces. Right, so the forces in our title are the gravity and the support, and the support referring to the strong force. Th- those right. are the main two we're going to talk about, but okay. I do want to talk a little bit about the third force, okay. which is uh, electromagnetic force, okay. so it includes light, for example, and we're, I want to touch on that towards the end of this talk. But mostly it's about gravity, and uh, just incidentally, gravity includes the atmospheric pressure that's exerted on us because the atmosphere itself is a product of gravity. No gravity, no atmosphere, no us, basically, is how it works. So, So. yes. (laughs) Um, And the freedom is in the title, too, Mm -hmm. how... What's the context of that? The context of freedom is general Alexander Technique freedom directions that were pioneered by our colleague Jennifer Roig Francoli, uh, an Alexander teacher in Cincinnati. And they are the format of directions that I found most helpful in addressing this question, how do we make the best use of these, for the moment, these two major forces that are being applied to us? They, as I said before, we're going to get those forces no matter what we do. We could, you could be dead and you'd get those forces. But, right. um, but it, the, the trick how is... How can we make the most of them? How can we make the most of them? Absolutely, right. yes. And, and so today you wanted to talk about how we could apply these ideas to specific parts of the body. So, Well, I wanted to stay today with one specific okay. part I, of the body, which is right. our head okay. and, and, and parts of our head or okay. things that are in or very close to our head. And is there a reason why you're focusing? Sure. I mean, Alexander had this notion of primary control that our head-neck-torso relationship was key to everything, uh, or or extremely important, perhaps you could put it. Mm -hmm. And um, so 
of all the p sort of individual parts of the body that you might want to pay attention to in terms of these forces, uh, the head seems to be a pretty obvious candidate. Um, so yeah, that's why that's why we're starting with the head, but then we're going to drill down a little more deeply from that. Hopefully not literally. Not but. <laughs> literally, no, no, no. And I just want to say one more thing before we begin, sure. that these, uh, these directions that, we're, that I'm going to be talking about and, and the ones in the previous podcast, uh, students pick up on these directions very, very quickly. But what they all tell me is that they feel that, that what has helped them to use them so quickly and effectively is the little um, bit of physics 101 that I go through with them, explaining what gravity is, how it actually operates on us, what the, heart, what the strong force is, how it operates on it. I spend a little time on that because otherwise um, it's very easy to start thinking of these as very abstract ideas that don't have anything to do with us and why would I even be directing around them. So I make a big point of explaining that uh, to students before I get them to use the, uh, any of these directions. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So, so the, the head, head, the head. Well, you know, we uh, for the whole body, a, a nice freedom direction involving uh, gravity and uh, the strong force could be. I'm free to receive the the pull of the earth and the push of the earth. I mean, they're both forces coming from the earth. One's pulling us down, one's pushing us up. So I could say I'm free to receive the the pull. I could even say the pull of gravity and the, and the upward push of the earth. Or I could I could condense that to just say I'm free to receive the pull and the push uh, forces that are coming from the earth. Um, so in terms of my head, I can say the same thing about it. My head is free to receive the pull of gravity and the push of the earth. Do you always do both things separately? You could do them separately. You could, you could start, uh, if, if, if you're at home listening to this, you might want to start by saying, um, my head's free to receive the pull of the earth and it would be helpful to have some idea of where the center of gravity of your head is located and it is right behind your eyes eyeballs right in the middle between if you, it's it's behind your eyeballs but not behind an eyeball because it's exactly in the middle Right. So it's pretty far up and it's pretty mm -hmm. far forward. Most people are shocked mm -hmm. by that. So no it's and I think it's very useful to map that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um if you could say my head is free to receive the pull of gravity or the pull of the earth. Mm -hmm. Uh now that is if if your head is free is actually going to be free to receive it. It, it's almost certainly going to result in a little, tiny little rotation forward of your head, 
right? Forward and up. For, no well, doubt. it's the it, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, yeah. we're getting to that, mm-hmm. and and that that idea, my head's free to receive the pull of gravity. Um, the, well, yeah, that is forward, of forward and up. That is exactly it, uh, but formulated in a in connection with dealing with these forces to which we're subject. Yeah, I'm just suddenly thinking it's also sort of an indirect means exactly, to um, exactly to having that happen, which seems. Um, Yes. Um, yeah, you know. And we're going to get to more of that. Yes, okay. absolutely. It's yeah. it's an indirect way of getting at exactly what Alexander was interested in. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I I can also say my head is free to receive the upward push of the Earth. Now, there, uh, since the upward push of the Earth is actually not applied directly to your head. Normally, let's say you're standing or sitting. Let's let's take. Stand. I guess it would only be directly if your head was it was resting like on the sitting. ground. If you were lying with part of your head resting on the ground, but if you're standing, then that upward force that you're saying my head is free to receive has to is a, is actually applied to the soles of your feet. So it has to then travel up through your body in order for your head to receive it. It has to travel up efficiently through your body, which means you're organized efficiently. So now we're getting really indirect. We're saying, if you say to yourself, my head's free to receive the support of the earth, and your body gets that, gets that command, as it were, a very light command, it it says, well, that's a good, that's an interesting idea. The only way we can make that happen is clear the channels between your feet and your head to to allow that force to to make its way up in a in an efficient way. And and typically, um, if you experiment with either or both of these directions, you're going to notice stuff changing not just in, about your head, but probably more likely about the rest of you. For example, you might notice your breathing gets a little easier or you might notice a subtle change in muscle tone in your in your legs. Uh, that's very common because gravity, the pull of gravity is centered at your center of gravity which is a couple of inches below your navel. The upward force from the earth is applied to the soles of your feet and in between are your legs. Mm-hmm. So you have these two forces traveling up and down your, your whole lower body. So this idea of, of focusing on your head as what you want to efficiently receive the forces uh, of the earth, or these two, these two forces of the earth, is an indirect way at getting at um, receiving asking your whole body to receive them, which in turn is a somewhat indirect way of applying uh, Alexander-type directions to how you function. So, so totally it indirect. It is yeah. totally indirect and therefore I think way more powerful for, for a number of reasons. One is if you say, I've, I find with students and myself, if I say my head's free to receive the pull and push of the earth, 
it's very difficult for me to manipulate that in any way. Mm. You know, I I, w- I sort of would give up on manipulation or, yeah, cause we'll, or implementation yeah. is another way to put it. And that's how most students react. That is just so far out of their uh, um, a concept of what they might um, help, as it were, mm-hmm. that um, they in and and if they're if they're okay with just saying okay, yeah, I'll I'll buy into that as an experiment, and then they'll notice stuff that very common, as I say, is is breathing, and the beauty of it, that is that the thing they're noticing is on the surface a very different thing than they're self-directing about. And so it's a little easier to not get drawn into the breathing and they're, mm-hmm. you know, therefore diverting your attention to something that's not the direction you want to be playing with. Mm-hmm. Does that all make sense? Yeah, very interesting. And and I should say that the kinds of experiments that were that I encourage students to do are very short. 10, 15, 20 seconds of this and then deliberately throwing it away after a short time and then bringing it back. I don't think it's, I think for most people it's really good to explore the direction, toss it away and then bring it back because in the tossing away they're going to get a pretty good sense of, of where they were before the directions took hold. So right. this would yeah. be a great... Um, set of directions to use let's say in walking you're walking yes. along and you say hey my head's free to receive and at, at some point you can condense it to the point where my head's free to receive the forces of the earth just that, and that encompass both yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably going to be useful for most people to play around with them individually a bit sure. but uh, anything you can do to shorten the directions is going to be a good idea. So that's the basic idea about um, the head. And and I would also say that um, what comes out of this and what we'll talk about in a minute is that the kinds of directions that address how we react to the forces of nature um, have the same kinds of effects on our use, our uh, functioning, as directions that are more traditional. Traditional right. Alexander directions. Um, neck free, my, my neck is free, or my breathing is free, or any of the other kinds of traditional directions. Th- there is no conflict. Uh, the the advantage, a little bit of the advantage, as I said, in these um, directions dealing with real forces that are operating on us is that um, it kind of gets at stuff a little more indirectly and, and for the reasons I just said, um, sure. could be more, seems to me to be more powerful. Yeah, very interesting. Um so you said you were going to get into also specific parts, parts of the parts. head. Well, right? well, yeah, parts of the head. Um, the most obvious uh, movable part of your head, and some people would say it's not even technically part of your head, is your jaw. Your jaw can move quite a bit with respect to your head. So it, it has some independence Mm-hmm. So everything I just said about the head, you could say about your jaw, 
My jaw is free to receive the pull of gravity and the push of the earth. And I, I, I urge you to experiment with that. You might be astonished at what you'll find. Yes, um, sorry, I was just <laughs> You were just doing it. Right it. Now, you yes. um, and again, I, I personally like walking as the framework to explore these because you get not only the obvious or sometimes obvious breathing changes, but you also often get uh, you, you, out of the corner of your mind while you're doing these experiments, you can sense the heaviness or relative heaviness of your footfalls uh, as you walk. So I like walking, but um, these apply nicely in other activities too. Doing anything like sitting, sitting, doing an interview with someone on Skype. Absolutely. When yeah. you're speaking, you could say, my jaw is free to receive the support of the earth. Right. And see what happens to your speaking. Yep. Yeah. So that's one. Another obvious uh, part, if you like, it's again not really part of the head, but it's in that area, is your tongue. Oh. You could say my tongue is free to receive the support of the earth and the, and the, uh, and the pull of gravity. That's one to explore. And as we move on up we get um, to the eyes, ah. the eyes. And um, certainly uh, those same directions can apply very nicely to your eyes. And sometimes people have very uh, powerful experiences with that. Oh, uh, you want to prepare people for that a little bit. Um, so can you give an example? Well, um well, an example of the, of the, a powerful experience. Oh, people will will just uh, slightly freak out because their eyes function in a different way, and suddenly they're seeing. Maybe their peripheral vision will open up, or colors get brighter. I've I, I've run into all sorts of stuff around that. Really? Yeah, and and he and so there there is a, a set of directions and i want to jump ahead to one more but come back to the eyes in a minute okay everything that we that i'm about to talk about now is in the realm of um it's still i'm still experimenting with and it may seem to some listeners to be slightly um out, too far out there but give give it a try okay. you know uh you know where your center of gravity of your head is it's as i said behind your eyeballs what's right on top of that right above that is your prefrontal cortex of your brain right okay. it's right up there right behind your forehead sure. is where it's located and um, that's, of course, the big decision-making, conscious, aware, whatever, you know, in charge of those kind of things, part of your brain. I, per, I don't think it's an accident that it's located right above your head center of gravity. And I don't see any reason why you can't say my, my frontal cortex is free to receive the pull of gravity and the push of the earth. That's something to play with, too. I'm stunned. No, I, I'm just I, I to... thought you might be. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. 
thinking if I think I need more time on my own to take that one. Well, in. I throw that out as something for people to experiment with and yeah. see what you see what you find. But I want to get back to the eyes okay. because I mentioned that we're mostly talking about these two um, forces: gravity and the hard, the strong force of of uh, right. mm-hmm. of the Earth. Uh, but of course, there's electromagnetic stuff, okay. and that includes light and heat that we get from the sun, for example, uh, a light that we get from the moon and from stars, and actually, light that we get from anywhere is ultimately um, it's it is a source of energy. It is when uh, this is hard for people sometimes to wrap their minds around. But if you look up at the sky, night sky and see a star, mm-hmm. you're, there's actually little bundles of energy that are coming right into your eyes from that star that st- started out gazillions of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real stuff. It's real energy. It's tiny, obviously. And those little bundles are hitting your eyes, and of course they're hitting all the rest of you. Now, when we talk about the sun... Uh, it's pretty obvious that it's hitting all the rest of you. You get sunburned if you're out on a beach and mm-hmm. without uh, covering. Um, that's a real force, and it's a it's a, actually quite a powerful force. But I want to talk. I'm more interested in, in this context in talking about the light aspects or the what what facilitates you being able to see. So. Um, the previous direction I suggested for your eyes is my eyes are free to receive the pull of the earth and and uh, the pull of gravity and the push of the earth upwards. But you could expand that to say my eyes are free to receive all the forces that are available to me. And that would include the electromagnetic light, basically. That would include light. And again, that can open up some very interesting experiences for people. So uh, if we're talking about light from distant stars, then we are going outside of the solar system, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know how important this is relative to just dealing with solar system stuff, but you could say I'm free to receive all the forces of the cosmos. That would include everything, including the pull of the earth, the the pushing up from the earth, the light from the sun and the moon, the light from distant stars. Now, the thing is, I, I personally, apart from the fact that that's a pretty far out direction, I've, I personally would like to add the word good forces of the cosmos uh-huh. because who knows you know you don't want to you don't want to encourage being free to some malevolent force and we really don't know that much about the cosmos mm-hmm. so i just add that little thought i'm free to receive the good forces of the cosmos mm-hmm. i think that that direction and the one that we talked about earlier with the with our brain, with our Uh prefrontal uh, cortex. I think those are ones to take up after you've done some experimenting with the more obvious uh, 
thing. Yes, you know, I would I don't, think I don't so. Think they yeah, are. kind of familiar with the head. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, I would put them in, you know, this is experimental, but mm-hmm. I I don't, th- and it, it does sound crazy unless you actually understand the underlying physics. It, 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 it um, you know, we are getting energy from the stars. Now, right. it's not much, but it's energy. I get it. <laughs> so that's basically um, all I have to say on this topic. It is a bit of a work in progress, especially the last things we talked about and i would certainly love to hear from anyone who's who about their experiences with it i've been using those last two things with some of my students and they seem fine with it and i i but i don't have enough data to really say oh for sure that's a great direction i think it's something to explore yeah i've definitely explored with in the you know, directing this way around the head mm-hmm. and um, the eyes in the first way that you suggested, right. not the, right. Um, right. Um, very, very useful. It seems to be very useful to me. So this has been fascinating, Robert. So uh, nothing else you... No, that's it for don't... now. I'm going to guess that in a few months we're going to do a part six, but I have no idea what part six is going to be. Okay, well, thank you very much, and I will hand it back over to you to finish oh. up. Okay, well, thanks, Imogen. This has been great. Um, my my guest today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher and a website designer in Wilmington, Delaware. I'll put a link to her uh, website by the interview. I'll also put a link to a site that will... Um, give you more uh, information about the Alexander Technique. And I think I'll also put a link to the page on which all five of these uh, podcasts will be listed. So you can go back and start at the beginning, which I strongly suggest you do if you haven't already played with these ideas. Anyway, thanks, Imogen. Oh, you're welcome.